The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Maybe you know the story of Pollyanna. Maybe you saw the 19, I think it was 1960 film version starring Haley Mills as a young girl, young Pollyanna. Maybe you know the term to be Pollyannish, that is, ever optimistic always looking for the bright side of things, playing the glad game, always looking for something to be glad about. Maybe you know people like that, and maybe you're kind of annoyed by them in your life. There's a scene in this book that is so striking and fitting for our gospel lesson tonight. I wanted to share it with you. There's a young boy that Pollyanna meets who finds that he is unwanted at the orphanage where he has wound up. He's unwanted at this orphanage, and Pollyanna thinks to herself, how can I find this boy a home? And she remembers the ladies' aid, who have been so kind and charitable to her, and she thinks to herself, maybe if I go to the ladies' aid meeting and I mention this boy, they'll want to support him, they'll want to take care of him. And so she shows up to the meeting, the ladies' aid meeting, and she's full of fear and nervous, but she makes the pitch. She says that they should give their money to support this young lad who is homeless. If only they could help Jimmy Bean only they could help Jimmy Bean, then everything would be good for him. And then this is what happened. A great many ladies talked then, and several of them talked all at once, and even more loudly and more unpleasantly than before. It seemed that their society was famous for its offering to Hindu missions. And several said that they should die of mortification if it should be less this year. Some of what was said at this time, Pollyanna, again, thought she could not have understood, too, for it sounded almost as if they did not care at all what the money did, 
so long as the sum, opposite the name of their society in a certain report, headed the list. And of course, that could not be what they meant at all. It was all very confusing and not quite pleasant, so that Pollyanna was glad indeed when at last she found herself outside in the hushed sweet air, only she was very sorry, too. For she knew it was not going to be easy, or anything but sad, to tell Jimmy Beam tomorrow that the ladies' aide had decided that they would rather send all their money to bring up the little India boys than to save out enough to bring up one little boy in their own town for which they would not get a bit of credit in the report, according to the tall lady who wore spectacles. Poor Pollyanna doesn't realize what's going on. She thinks she must have misunderstood something. It can't be possible. It can't be possible that all they're concerned about with their money is that they get recognized for their charity. That can't possibly be what's going on. It's ridiculous. Pollyanna's a bit naive. That's how people work. Wanting to be seen for our good deeds, wanting to be recognized for our charity. You don't have to be Pollyannish, though, to think that it's ridiculous. It's a strange thing that they'd be so brash about it. So brash about wanting to head the list of having given the most money to such a wonderful foreign mission and not really caring what their money accomplished at all. It's always a temptation. We are always tempted, like that lady's aide, always tempted to think not about what is good, but instead about what will appear good. To think instead of what God cares about, what God loves, instead to think what people care about and what people love. Instead of looking for the reward from God, for our righteousness, for our good deeds, looking around us for rewards from others. Maybe you can look into your own heart and see the ways this works. The times and places where instead of doing what is righteous and good, you do what appears righteous and good. And when doing what is good would not look very good, you don't do it. This is exactly what Jesus is getting after in our gospel lesson tonight. He's getting after people like us, who love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. He's getting after people who like to live their lives of godliness on display, rather than living lives of godliness before the throne of their heavenly Father, who rewards in secret. It's a temptation that we all fall victim to. It inheres in our flesh to want the praise of men to want something visible and immediate and worldly, to say, if there's no payoff in this right now, what's the point? If there's no payoff right now in my prayers, in my fasting, in my charity, in showing mercy, in practicing righteousness, what's the point? If I have to wait till eternity, what's the point? Living our lives in an outward show of righteousness, like the hypocrites, that Jesus identifies in our gospel lesson, like the actors, like those who act righteous, who put on a display of godliness. It's like this. It's like putting lipstick on a pig. It's said about a pig that you, when you put a lipstick on it, when you put lipstick on a pig, you still have a pig. It hasn't changed one thing at all. And that's really the reward that you get for practicing righteousness, for living in a godly way for other people to see, you have your reward. You've got lipstick on the pig. But you haven't done anything to change the fact that it's still a pig. Or here's another expression that is similar. When you sweep things under the rug, when you sweep things under the rug, they're still there. <laughs> they're just waiting for the day that you move the rug. Now, why do we do that? 
Why do we put lipstick on pigs? Why do we sweep things under the rug? Why do we put on shows of righteousness? Why do we put on a display of holiness and godliness? Why do we think that other people seeing our good deeds is what makes them good? Often it's simply because we think it's too hard. We think it's too hard to merely be kind and charitable, to merely live in righteousness, to merely pray and have no one know, to merely fast and have no one see it. It's too hard. I'm just going to sweep it away. I'm just going to put my sins under the rug. I'm going to cover them up. I'm going to let them disappear for a while. But the fact is that it always comes back. It always comes back. The unrighteousness always breaks through. The pig always rears its ugly head, and all of that dust, all of that dirt under the carpet, it shows up again. That really should be enough to make us think that there's got to be a better way than just putting on a show of righteousness than being hypocrites. There's got to be a better way. The better way is found in this. Take that picture of sweeping things under the rug. The fact is that cleaning up the dirt, cleaning up the sin in our lives, while it seems insurmountable for us, living righteously, doing good deeds, being kind and charitable, it seems impossible for us, but that is exactly what God wants to give us. He wants to take all of our sins and all of our unrighteousness away. He wants to clean us up thoroughly. He wants us not to be pigs anymore. He doesn't want just to put some lipstick on their lips and pretend like it's all okay, but he wants to make us new creations. He wants to give you a new heart that loves what is good. And so when he points his finger at you and he says, you've got sin that you must confess, when he points his finger at you and says, you're a poor, miserable sinner, and the wages of sin is death. He's doing that because he wants to give you life. He doesn't want you to just cover it up. He doesn't want you to just hide it away. He doesn't want you to practice righteousness on display, but he wants you to be righteous, and he intends to give that to you, to give you righteousness and holiness and a new life. This is the thing. God does not just want you to look holy, but he wants to make you holy, and that is far, far better. Of course, it's not something that we could accomplish on our own. And really, if we were to try on our own, the best we could do is to cover things up. The best we can do is a good coat of lipstick. But God has something far better in store. That's why the season of Lent is so precious. It gives way to Good Friday. And in the cross of Jesus, he takes all of our sins away. There's nothing to cover up anymore. He takes all of our unrighteousness. It's nailed to the cross with him. It's buried in the grave. It's sent as far as the east is from the west. There's nothing to cover up anymore. There's no display needed. There's no acting needed. You are made righteous and holy by the sacrifice of Jesus. By his death and burial and resurrection, you don't have to pretend. You don't have to care about other people thinking that you're righteous because God has made you righteous. You don't have to care about other people thinking that you're charitable and kind and good because God has declared you good and kind and charitable in his son, Jesus Christ. He's given you everything, every good thing that you need, all of the inheritance of heaven, all of the treasures that moth and rust cannot destroy and that thieves cannot break in and steal. And that is why this season can be a season of repentant joy. You can uncover all of the dirt that's on the rugs, you can stop under the rugs, you can stop with the pretense, you can stop with the acting, you can stop putting lipstick on that pig, you can just be a sinner 
in the hands of a gracious and merciful God who loves you so that he was willing to die for you, who loves you so that he was willing to give his own son, his own life for you. That is how you can keep the charge that is given to you by Peter today. He says, make every effort. Make every effort. Now, in the holiness that has been given to you, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and self-control and all of the good things that God wants to give to you. They're all at your disposal. All of the gifts of God's righteousness, they are yours. Because God has heard your penitential cry. He's heard your pleas for forgiveness. He's heard your confession, and he has pronounced you innocent. He's given you his own life and has had pity on you. That's the fulfillment of what the prophet Joel is saying. Repent, he says, rend your hearts and not your garments. Why? Because God wants to make you whole. He wants to give you new and clean hearts. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Rejoice. Repent with joy. But today and always, and especially in this season of Lent, you don't have to pretend. You don't have to be a hypocrite. You don't have to care what anybody says or what anybody thinks, but God alone. And he looks on you in love, and he says about you, you are my beloved child, with whom I am well pleased. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.